Hello, this is Pablo Sabaleta. This is Troy Dini. This is Kevin Phillips. This is Jürgen Klopp and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travelled to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members and get an extra big interview every month, plus loads of bonus content. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Graham Hunter, and we'll bring you joy. You're about to listen to an excerpt of my big interview with Julian Lescott, during which you'll hear him talk eloquently about his time as a Manchester City player, from how he celebrated Sergio Aguero's historic goal against QPR, it's spectacular, to his partnership with fellow centre-half Vincent Company, and what he thinks about the brilliant Belgian. Julian really is intelligent, articulate, eloquent even. He's a great listen. However, this is only a part of the full interview. To hear the entire chat with Julian, including a discussion of his current role as a mentor at Manchester City, how dyslexia has impacted on his life and his career in football and the incident of throwing up next to the canal in Wolverhampton, then it's time to join our members club. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to sign up now and you'll be helping to ensure that we continue to bring you big interviews like this one. Thank you. Please join up now. You remind me of, I think, a phrase you used when you chose to join City. Because I think you talked then about, at Everton, there's, we'd like to do well, or mm. at City it's an obligation. Even then, yeah. way before what you're saying, you went, that club, which was lower in the yeah. table than the club you were leaving at the time, that club is just focused on win, look for the title. That, that's... Have I made the translation right from what you were talking about yeah. to what you felt like then? Yeah, again, I was lucky enough to, to meet Chairman Khaldun and at the time he even made me feel like I was the most important person joining this club and again, he probably did that with everyone, I'm assuming he did because he's that way but for that moment, that was the case and it just mirrored my thought process of these want to win, I want to win, they are determined to win. That timing of it all was just perfect for me. And, and I like seeing people thrive and succeed. And you know, from that decision, you know, we title aside and the fun times and the high-level performance and you know, reasonable rewards. I'm sure financially, here you are at his club still, feeling the same way and seeing an augmentation of that desire to win and the standards at a time when you're into a new branch in your life. It's a very satisfying yeah. parabola to, to listen to and to watch for me. Yeah, no, again, um, they was, he was spoke about the club himself, spoke about where the club was going, and you kind of just, because no one's done in a small period of time what City have been able to do in these 10 years that they've been in, in charge, you kind of just like, OK, I kind of understand what you're saying, but there's no proof of anything yet because it hasn't happened anywhere. And then stuff starts to happen, you're like, 
these are deadly serious. These are deadly serious about what they're doing. And then you realise they have been so successful in pretty much every aspect of their life, every other business they've been involved in. Um, and I hate to say that it's just a business for them because it's not, because the way they've changed the community, they haven't just developed Man City as a football club. And I'm not just saying this because I'm part of that, but... There's a, there's a patent there's a, investment. Yeah, 100%. And the, what they've done in this amount of time compared... To, and I, again, I don't really want to do that, but I will, to say what United have done mm-hmm. in that is totally different. Like, obviously, now, Man United have felt the need to have a women's team where... That was standard. That was always going to happen. Um, and the successful of that has been evident on the pitch. Um, and just developed the community and obviously partnered with so many other clubs. And the 10 years that they've been in control, they've, they've done everything, at barring win the Champions League, mm-hmm. um, they've set out to do. And as I said, I don't think they're going to stop when they do reach that goal of the Champions League. I don't think all of a sudden it's going to be like, well, we've done what we set out to do. Now we can rest. It's going to be like, well, what's the next thing? What yeah. can we do? And they're just going to continue to grow. Football is full of lovely people. And we had Alan Smudger-Smith on the other day. And he said in a very robust manner that 1989 at Anfield, where he um, scored and made one and Liverpool lost the title on the last day, was without argument the single most iconic moment in English league football. And he specifically called out Sergio Aguero and said, yeah. that isn't it. Oh. Now, I feel you've probably got a hint of bias in this yeah. argument. But can you make a case that he's wrong? I know different eras and obviously the kind of content is different now. But if you asked people of my age what happened then, you had to really describe what happened in that game and that moment for me to get where you were going. So we say to someone, Sergio Guerra's goal, they know what you're talking about. There's only one goal that kind of that people would say. So do you remember Sergio Guerra's goal? Did you see? Yeah, I've seen it or I didn't see it, but I know what you're talking about. If you say Alan Smith's goal and assist against Liverpool, what what year was that? What what game was that? What did it mean? You kind of and that's where I would judge it off. Like not necessarily the importance of it to him and them, but more so what society view it as and it was Liverpool Arsenal which was a rivalry but this is Man City Man United like surely that rivalry is bigger than Arsenal Liverpool at any era like and especially now the fact that Man City are where they are and the transition of the importance and the size of the clubs in the, within the city um, I, I definitely would say Sergio Aguero's goal because you participated in it did is it still alive in your head there somewhere? Does it ever crop up to you? Have you compartmentalised Yeah, it? I've never... I, I watched that game or that moment, them highlights. I think it was the start of... Oh, midway through last season. That's the first time I'd, I'd watched it. I haven't realised how important that Premier League was until I retired. Hmm. When you're playing, it's just... Well, that's what we was intended to do and it was that's what it was and... Now I look back and like to hear Steven Gerrard, who I think is an all-time great legend on and off the field, for him to say him not winning it like is a massive kind of disappointment and he would potentially swap his Champions League for a Premier League, I'm like, wow, what I've done then is, mm-hmm. is amazing to be a part of that. And one, to win it, but then to say you're part of the first 
time for a, a club of this size and the, in a hundred years this this will be as biggest club as any in the world I think the way they're going um, to say you were the first to do something is, is special I want to leave it on a character that I, I've never met but I find fascinating I have no idea what your relationship is with your ex centre half partner but it's quite patent to me that Vincent Company is he's a pretty special individual quite patent to me that once he's out with this football environment there seems to be a few bounds as to I've heard a lot of people saying to me he'll probably be President or Prime Minister? 100%. That would not surprise me at all. He could do, academically and collectively, there is, his thought process is very focused on whatever he's he's out to do. Um, He's done a a number of things that most intelligent footballers will never do. Um, To study for the Masters whilst we're challenging for the titles is ridiculous to me. And when I'm asking him, why, why are you highlighting philosophy paragraphs on the way to games he's saying because that's the way I have to focus if I don't I can't I can't concentrate if I'm not concentrating I'm just like he's just mind would wonder about everything and everything if he wasn't focused on certain things and we used to give him stick about it all the time I was like but that was the way he coped with the kind of mental side of the structure of what we were doing he kind of geared his attention away from football more than most in order to kind of focus when he was on football it was solely that and a very very intelligent person human being um, and as I said it was great timing for us both I remember when I joined and Colo Torre was like the figurehead come from Arsenal I'd come from Everton but Arsenal would he won trophies mm-hmm. um, and Vincent, I think he was an invincible wasn't yeah he? he was an invincible uh, and a major part of that but also like Vinny was here, but Vinny had come from Hamburg, and it was deemed that who's going to play with Colo? Mm. Who who who's going to be Colo's yeah. partner? Not the best partnership. It was like, well, Colo's going to play. He's captain, so who's going to play with him? And we and Vinny never had that competition element, but we spoke. There was one time where we was in dressing room late for training, and he, and he said, "Do you feel like it's that competition?" And I was like, "Yeah." Weirdly enough, we, I do, but it never felt like we was at competition with each other. It felt like there was trying to forge that between us. And then after that, our relationship just went from strength to strength. Unfortunately, I got injured because Vinny was playing right back. Mm-hmm. It was me and Colo. Mm-hmm. Um, Vinny was right back. And then I got injured and then Vinny went centre-half. And for him, then the rest was history. He was kind of determined he was going to stay at centre-half, which he did, and rightly so. And then... After my injury, I was like, I've got that mental strength that he's got, so let me put that into place now and do what I need to do to get into the team and did the same kind of focus and got back into the team. But then I quickly realised, a bit like Gareth Barry, who I haven't mentioned, he was, again, a massive real, real hero of mine, even though I've played with him, because I'll go back to that. He was um, playing for Aston Villa Reserves when my brother was at Aston Villa, in the position I was wanted to play. Mm-hmm. So to see him do the things he did at that age, I was like, wow, he's like, and that was a real, so he's a real hero, like, just like someone that you make up or you can never get to. He's like a real hero of mine. Um, and he knows that. And um, so, yeah, so a bit like him in the sense of, I realised that Vincent was going to play. So I need to make our partnership the best Smart. in Smart. order to play in the team. Yeah. 
Gareth Bowie knew that Yaya Torre was going to play or say it was Nigel and Yaya kind of at the, at the two and then the three, he needed to make them be the best they can be because mm-hmm. then you were going to play and I realised that. Um, and unfortunately, the only person that probably didn't realise that, which had a great partnership at the time as well, was Edin Dzeko. Mm-hmm. He seen Sergio as playing but didn't realise that Sergio plays well with Edin but because he possibly got more plaudits, he kind of was like, well, you're not treating us the same. And I was like, I know what you're saying, but it's not, it's not going to work like that at this moment in time. They're the spine of the team. Mm-hmm. If you play well with them, you will play every you're week. In. You're yeah. in. And that's what I realised. And I thought, well, if I can help Vinny play well and he can help me play well, then... You're automatic as a, as a partnership. We're going to play. And it, there was managers and coaches that tried to change, but... Ultimately, it kind of came back to me and Vinny. I really love the way that you phrased that. We beat them. <laughs> Ultimately, came back to me. I really love the way that you phrased that. Again, you're showing, I'm not blowing smoke at you. I love hearing smarts, mm. you know, just dissecting something, picking your way through it. And, and you surprised me there. I raised my eyebrow because when you talked about Gareth, I, I remember as a junior journalist in England before I moved to Spain, trying to speak to him as a young kid. He's very shy, very quiet, but I was drawn to him because I was like, how are you doing those things at that age with this pressure and doing it as if it was water off a duck's back? Yeah. Because and it is to him. I seen a coach, it was, I was out at West Brom visiting the player um, and they said they called him the least emotionally attached footballer they've ever met. Nothing phases him and it's right, nothing can, can deter him away from what he was is due to do if mm. he's meant to be there or meant to do this it's getting done mm-hmm. because that is what is being asked of him and he's, he's a true true professional I share your point of view but I also like to hear that expressed between professionals mm. I really really enjoy it we are fortunate enough to have sponsors Bet365 have sent these questions into us for yeah. you now you've touched on one of this but my memory is that when everybody was jumping on top of Sergio Aguero in that most iconic moment ever for sorry Alan for English football, you did something different. So Bet365's question is, describe how you felt when Sergio Aguero scored that famous goal against QPR. Oh, relief, um, excitement. remember running to the physios because what people don't realise is they work longer hours than the players and they are there, probably them and the kit men, along with obviously the manager, are there day in, day out. Every minute of every day, every training session, they have to be there. So having spent time with them them people, and majority of them are City fans. I'm lucky enough to work at the club, but I remember running to them and just literally jumping into them mm. and thinking, someone's better catch me because this is going to hurt a lot of people if you don't. So I remember just, just jumping and just grabbing about four grown men at the same time and literally we was all squeezing each other as hard as we could. And I don't remember how I felt, but I remember kind of how that felt and it was like relief and excitement and just just happy, just like... It's funny, weird. like you obviously felt a little bit of gratitude to, to these guys for what they'd done for you during your year. So to have in your crowning moment a bit of gratitude... But to, I think it's a special person um, who, when the crowning moment of your professional career comes, the greatest joy you can take is other people's joy. Oh, yeah. I think that's that, pretty special. Yeah, that was, that, again, that was like, it means, it means so much to them. 
um, as it did us. But it was weird because after then we kind of went into the dressing room and pretty much everyone had five minutes to themselves. Like people were ducking around and going sitting in. Like I remember sitting in the other side. I'm sure Vinny went into the showers. Micah and Joe went. Did what they're going to do because again it was new to us there was players that didn't do that because they'd won stuff and they'd know what that emotion they felt that emotion but an overwhelming emotion of what have we just done was kind of why well, a few of us went to separate ourselves and just gather our thoughts that's really interesting because just by luck the spitting team I was working they allowed me in the World Cup winning dressing room so I, thought, I went in I was shy and I was embarrassed yeah literally hugged the wall. It was joyful, getting excited even thinking about it. We were allowed in. The, the Queen, the, the, the Prince, and that tenor, Placido Domingo, roughing it out. A scarf around his head, face painted, crying. Crying like the Gaza, um, yeah. unspitting images with just floods. And after about four or five minutes, everything went quiet. Yeah. And I thought, this should be madness jumping, screaming, hugging, whatever, but everybody was like, there was a 10, 15 minute period where they were, you said everybody was in their own little zone or private thing, and I was like, I was so confused. How can that, a crowning moment of your life, but maybe you've helped explain it. But. Yeah, well, for them, again, they're used to that. Um, it was never going to be their last time. They probably no, thought, this is not going to be the last time we're doing this. Probably so, probably not. let's enjoy it, but also on to the next and I'd like to know what David Silver was like then because he is the most humble humblest man mm. I've come across like not even in football he's, he's so humble it's ridiculous I'm just like he's very appreciative of like the achievements I'm sure but I'd like to see him lose control I'd love to see that which I don't think you're ever going to see I don't think it's ever going to be a possibility that I've never seen it whenever you talk to him you know that it's not his first joy talking about football, but he's got this little quizzical look about his eyes and a, and a, and a hidden little smile. Talents aside, I find him an intriguing guy. Yeah. And, and I, I think he's still underappreciated in England. Yeah. I think the, like the fact that this season he's getting more. Good. Off the back of last season, Good. he's getting a lot more attention. He probably hates it. Yeah. He's probably having it's, to do... It's not what he lives for. No. And honestly, there's, he's the one that doesn't live for that. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The yeah. last one that Bet365 sent in to us is they want to know who's the toughest striker you came up against? Louis Saha. Louis Saha. What? King Louis. Like, what a player. That's, he, a, that's a Jungle Book reference, yeah, everybody. Um, I was at Wolves, he was at Fulham. And I've played against Messi, Ronaldo, and greats. I'm not saying he's better than them as a player, no. but what he did to me, to what. I had no control over was that's the difference like you play against players and you make mistakes and you're like they were great but I don't normally do that so I'm not going to judge it off that I didn't do anything wrong to Louis Saha and he exposed me to the full capacity to make me think that there are totally different levels to to this Um, they were top of the league Fulham and we was at Wolves. They'd scored an average of 2.3 goals a game. They came to Molyneux. We drew nil-nil. I got mad at the match. Whoa. I'm not thinking I've arrived. I'm thinking, yeah, I've had a good game. This, that and the other. Three weeks later, we play them in the cup. 
well, they're still top of the league, obviously. We're trying. Louis Saha now must be thinking, I need to up my game. He's probably, he probably didn't lower his game, but he probably just thought, Wolves are mid-table kind of thing. We've been scoring three goals a game. We're going to get these chances. Now he's thinking, let me turn it on. I'm not thinking I've made it, but I'm thinking, well, this is not as hard as what people are saying. Wow. And he just exposed me. He took a free kick and a pen. Uh, he scored the free kick with his left foot, scored the pen with his right foot. And they won 3-0. And I remember after that game, Kylie Lee, my manager at the time, saying, learn from that, son, but don't ever let it discredit you what you're about to do and I was like I need to retire like he really exposed me which wow. made me kind of wake up and be like yeah there's levels I met him once at, at Michael Carrick's testimonial and um special guy but I've never heard anybody talk about him quite like that yeah so yeah. fabulous to hear the entire chat with Julian including a discussion of his current role as a mentor at Manchester City, how dyslexia has impacted on his life and his career in football, and the incident of throwing up next to the canal in Wolverhampton, then it's time to join our members club. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to sign up now, and you'll be helping to ensure that we continue to bring you big interviews like this one. Thank you. Please join up now. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.